It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, all you Golden State Warriors fans out there. You got to tune in to the Oakland Warriors podcast, the official dubs podcast of Fans First Sports Network. It's awesome. It's hosted by Patrick Epino and a rotating crew of guests who follow this franchise for decades, just like Doug and I have with the Giants. The show dives deep into all things Warriors, both on the court and off. Will the Dubs be legit contenders this year? Is Steve Kerr actually going to play Jonathan Kaminga enough to have a breakout year? Will the Chris Paul trade be a blessing or a curse? I'm very interested to know that myself. And most importantly, can Steph win another title or maybe two? The show takes an all-encompassing look at the greatest team in the NBA. No hot takes, no agendas, no bluster, and no goofy knee-jerk reactions. Just smart, insightful Warriors talk about the past, present, and future from one of the best in the business. Tune in and subscribe to the People's Podcast, the Oakland Warriors Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Oakland Warriors. Let's go! Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Giants Croncast, a podcast chronicling the San Francisco Giants, featuring Brian Murphy and Doug Brazzoni, part of FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. I always like to follow up my seven-game win streaks with six-game losing streaks, and then call up my top prospect there's no metaphor there i just it's something i like to do in my life i have a farm system and i like to call up the prospects from it when things are going badly well i mean first off way to humble brag about having seven game winning streaks uh, <laughs> it was a good not, week not all and then it was those. a bad week yeah right <laughs> it's, been, it's been really hot the last week the week before wasn't as hot <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, Marco Luciano is here. He went 0 for 2 
in his debut on Wednesday before getting for a uh, Gabe Kapler pinch it for pinch it with uh, Jock Peterson because he may be uh, the best Giants hitting prospect since Buster Posey, but he is still on the San Francisco Giants and the platoon on the San Francisco Giants is more important than that. Also, so, and I believe yeah. in in total fairness, I believe he was operating on two hours of sleep. And and maybe the adrenaline crash was hitting him at that point in the game. I don't know about you. It's if possible. You've ever... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. He's only 21. Uh, just remember, he turns 22 the day before 9-11. Just always remember the day before 9-11. It's Marco Luciano's birthday. <laughs> Never forget Marco Luciano's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the Giants had a six-game losing streak that was snapped finally against the A's. Uh, it looked a little shaky that that was going to happen in the first game of the series. It didn't look like they were going to do that, uh, break the losing streak. And the second game had a little bit of that tension, and then it wound up being kind of a blowout. But uh, effectively, they have beat up on a bad team to get back to their winning ways. Uh, but we're going to have our interesting and concerning segment a little bit later because there are still things despite winning two games this week that are very concerning while also being interesting about the giants. But I do want to talk about Marco Luciano a little bit more. You said best hitting prospect since Buster Posey. I'm going to say in the last 41, 42, 43 years of giants baseball, he's probably on the short list of hit best hitting prospects overall. Maybe, He's easily in the top 10, I'd have to say. But yeah, the excitement, the hype, the all that that's surrounding him, there's there's kind of no comparison. You're only comparing him basically to players who succeeded and are known Giants quantities, right? It's very rare that they've had like, this guy's going to be a big hitter and then was sort of a total bust. They've had guys they've liked who haven't panned out. But that's it's. This is not a John Boker situation. John Bowker situation. This is a. <laughs> this is more like, hey, they have a another Will Clark or something, and and hopefully it turns out. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. When you talk about the best Giants prospects, for some reason we're not including Eddie Martinez Estev on that list. No, we're uh, not. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about the guys who made it. And you so were, right but now, I made you change it. Well, I like to talk about him, okay? He and Marcus Sanders are the future of the Giants. Haters don't know. (laughs) And obviously, they've had really nice players. Brandon Belt, uh, Joe Panic for a time. You know, Brandon Crawford has sort of surprised us all with his ability to hit. There's, you know, there's been kind of like those things. But like, Belt was sort of, I guess Bell is maybe the second. But I would say that the hype around Belt doesn't nearly come with what Luciano has. You know, Luciano has the potential uh, to be Manny Machado or Xander Bogarts or something like that in that realm. You know, A-Rod probably not. But, you know, it's in that realm, that strata of prospect that we're talking about here. Uh, I have not been that excited by a flyout to the right field wall ever. <laughs> but I've never felt more alive. That kid <laughs> swung at, his, at the first pitch and almost hit a home run to right field as a right-handed hitter. Oh my God. 
<laughs> he looked so confident, so comfortable. It was a nice contrast to when J.D. Davis homered to right field because J.D. Davis was like, oh, oh, I hit that hard. It's going out. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Uh, but it, it was fun. I did you did you catch that live, or were you listening on radio or anything, or did you see it? I, I did. I caught it live. I I kind of I was looking down for a second, and then Kipe launched his went into his this could be something call. And I look up, and look, you know, obviously got caught at the wall. But like, oh, that was that was a nice ride. That was mm-hmm. that was impressive. It's not often that that happens. <laughs> I I hope I I savor that for a long time. Very exciting. Who knows what the future is going to bring? Um, I also need to really point out that I was wrong <laughs> about Marco Luciano. Well, let me. I was more this. I said, uh, you know what? Let's just forget about him. Let's just assume that the injuries are going to continue, that he's just going to be a non-factor as a prospect. I like getting shoved in a locker. It might be a weird kink that I have. I don't know. But I like this negging and then sort of being proven wrong about these prospects because he has come back from his injury and he's put together a hell of a season. He's really fought. He really wants to play. He really wants to be a part of this. Uh, Is there anything from like his development that's sort of, you know, not just the fact that he's here as a 21-year-old. And the Giants have two 21-year-olds in the lineup for the first time in, I don't know, Sarah Slangs, who's awesome. She mentioned the stat the last time, like, two 21-year-olds were in the same lineup. It's been 40, 50 years. But anyway, uh, is there anything from Luciano besides saying, ah, Brian, you idiot, that you want to talk about? It's worth noting, and it's not to say that nobody should be excited about him. But the Giants, I don't think the Giants called him up because he finished doing the development he could have done in the minors. The Giants called them up because they were desperate. Because yeah. their middle infield situation has been so bad for this entire month. Um, basically, since Tyro Estrada got hurt, it's it's been an absolute black hole of offense at the middle infield. And, you know, Marco Luciano had, I think, six games, maybe seven games in AAA before they called him up. And... Uh, and so you, you don't do that with your top prospect, you know, your top hitting prospect, unless you see the need. Um, and so not to say that Luciano's not going to have a good major league career, but I, I do think the one way we need to temper our expectations is at some point he will probably get sent back down to the minors. Uh, I, I think we do have to expect that and kind of not be disappointed when that day happens just like enjoy what you have from him while he's he's up here. Enjoy seeing him hit the ball super hard to right field in a way that guys don't do, um, but kind of understand how it's likely to go. Well, I want to talk about that because that was a tweet of yours that I saw. And I um, so here's how I found out about the news, because I guess Alex Pavlovich had tweeted about it uh, when he did his post game write up on Tuesday night. And he said that this was coming. And I noticed that a lot of Giants media had already gone to bed. <laughs> so, but I had to get up to pee in the middle of the night. It was like 3.45 or 3.30 in the morning. And I saw this and then I quickly checked McCovey Chronicles and, uh, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, we're not writing about this? We should probably write about this, right? So I, I stayed up. I published it at 4.30 in the morning. Uh, what I'm getting at is that's how I found out about it. And I have to be completely honest with you. If, if it was being deliriously tired or 
or not being, you know, and not being fully awake so that cynicism crept in. That thought did not even cross my mind until I literally saw your tweet that that was even a remote possibility that there was something cynical going on or whatever. And yeah, I think that there's definitely something to to that, but maybe in a less, um, oh, it's a panic move because their offense is so bad. And maybe it has a little bit more to do with, I don't know, Doug, have you seen what the trade market, what's going on with the trade market in baseball? It's very tough to get quality players without giving up a ransom you know the the that trade that just happened between the Dodgers and the Guardians is kind of being viewed as holy shit that's what you have to give up to get either of those guys <laughs> like <laughs> you have to give up a useful player to get a kind of a not useful player and so I wrote about this uh, earlier in the week like maybe it's like Paul DeJong is the guy that they might be looking at to play shortstop. He kind of fits their hitting profile a tiny bit. I mean, he's got the power. He's got the defense. It kind of think of it more in the Kevin Pilar mold, um, but maybe slightly better in terms of the hitting line. And maybe the Cardinals are like, well, well, we want Marco Luciano for that. And we want Kyle, you know, they want something big for that. And I think that that also factors into it too. It's not, I think I'm on an island here, Doug. I don't know if you agree with me, but I'm the one that was trumpeting. No, we both were. The, that The Logan Webb extension was maybe kind of like, oh, April started pretty poorly. Let's hand out a five-year extension to the ace of the team. I, I still think we're on an island with that. But with the Luciano thing, I think if it is, there is some part, some truth to that, that it is born of cynicism or like, ah, oh, crap, we got to do something. It does have the hallmarks of still some thoughtfulness being, wow, it's really going to be hard to acquire the kind of player we need right now. We have a player in the minors we hope can be this guy. And look at these the six-game sample and look at this double-A sample. It kind of, you can kind of see it, the shape of it working at the major league level. Maybe we can accelerate or continue his development there. Maybe this makes sense as a short-term fix until some guys get healthy. You know what I mean? Like I can imagine the process for that. It's not quite as cynical as the web thing, but if you want to go off on why it totally is, I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, first off, I was not hundred percent on board with the web thing being cynical. Okay. All right. Uh, that that is just me. You me. I'm on the Island. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're on the Island. I have, I have my own Island of Marco Luciano cynicism. Okay. So nobody wants to be on that Island with me. Um, <laughs> I was on it. <laughs> we, we we sunk. You were, <laughs> but then you left. You yes. you got on the boat and went to, back to your own island. Um, so I, I think that Luci- the thing about Luciano is that he hasn't been good enough for long enough this year or in the minors just in general to justify calling him up to the majors absent some other kind of motive. Because like, look, he's been, he was fine in double A. I don't want to make it seem like he, had a, he did a bad job in double A. But he wasn't that good. You know, he, he hit 228, 339, 450, which is uh, like four, which is a double a WRC plus weighted weight runs created plus of 114. Totally fine. Like a good season, especially for a 21 year old in the Eastern league, you know, you have all these caveats and, ands you can throw out there, but he was not destroying the league. Um, he gets to triple a, he has six games there and then he gets called up. And I look at that, I, I just can't see that 
even with the talent that is absolutely there, 100%, it's hard to see that with no ulterior motives, with no other thing going on. And the other thing going on is, well, this might work. Yeah, um, well, that's what I'm trying to say. I think it it could be a part of like, wow, our offense is so bad, people think we're not even a real team anymore. But also uh, just like, well, what else can we do that's not going to hurt us in some other way? You're right, but also I'm like, they're on the list of reasons why this is a cynical move. One of those being like, there's a tinge of desperation. What else are they supposed to do? Like, or I should say the desperation is like, yeah. The desperation is like, we'd have to pay a pretty hefty cost just to get a league average guy in there right now. And is it that, is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, it just could be like, look, we can either uh, pay a ton to get a fairly minor upgrade, or we can, you know, take a 10% shot that this guy we already have, who we're going to promote eventually uh, is already ready. And they're so, you know what, why not take the shot that, I mean, He's already on is the 40 it, man roster. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like there, the, the pain of the call up is very minor. You know, he replaced David VR. I'm like, that's, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's like two additions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry, sorry David. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sorry. I hope he nice. comes back and he does well. Yeah. I mean, but yes, absolutely. He was struggling mightily, you know? Uh, yeah. But it is funny because they're talking points of like, oh, the defense and all that stuff in those six games, they look pretty good <laughs> that the, you know, the Giants media was kind of putting out there, you know, two home runs, two doubles. Uh, so four of his seven hits were extra base hits in six games. That's pretty good. And if he is getting hitting the ground running off to a hot start, maybe it'll carry over to the major leagues. I can see it. I do want to bring up this point because I didn't really I don't really have a sense of him. Uh, you know, Roger's been on there and I've been on here and I'm sure he's like had more interaction with him or people who have interacted with him. And I just really like this quote from 2021 was this was in spring training. And he said, uh, I'm not going to quote it fully, but I wrote about this in my in the call up piece. And that's basically he's like, if I keep doing what I'm doing right now, uh, I think I'm going to be ready in a year. So in 2021 is like, I'm going to be ready for a call up in 2022. And we saw what happened with 2022. He got injured because you can expect injury, but you can't predict injuries. So he's off by a year, but only because of injury, Doug. And you know what? I f-ing admire that. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I want. I want my top prospect being like, yeah, I just got to work hard and it's going to happen. Yes, that's what I want. Not like I'm entitled to it or it's just a matter of time. It's like if I just keep doing what I'm doing, it's going to work out. And I predict it's going to work out in a year. <laughs> I like no, I, I, I think that's a great point. Like, for example, if I were somehow in professional baseball, and even if I were very talented, my thought would be, well, let's see, I'm going to f*** this up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I want players no. who aren't like me. Don't be David VR. No, we don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. That was one of the things VR talked about, though, in his last emotion. He was like, they want me to work on some things like one of them sounded like the mental part of the game. So, like, it's very easy. I can't imagine fewer things in life being easier to get down on yourself about than baseball. I mean, I get down on myself when I have bad swings in, the, in like, at Scandia in the batting cages. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, So I can't imagine where you're like, I can hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And then you go into a game, you're like, I can't hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. It's really hard. I get, you know, it's probably very easy to get frustrated. Uh, and keep keep the faith, David VR. The strength that, you know, we see it, make it happen. 
Luciano, keep keep going, man. I want to see what happens. Very exciting. Yeah. Doug, what's something you found interesting about the Giants this week? Uh, you know what I enjoyed is that in Wednesday's game, Ryan Walker was the opener and he pitched two and two thirds innings. He looked fantastic. He was incredible. No, like I have, you know, it's one of the things we've talked about that he hasn't, has often not looked good as an opener. He looked so good as an opener. They had him get pitched, pitched into the third. <laughs> That's like, right. <laughs> I, and he deserved it. Like it was not even, it was not a hard call. It was not a bad call. It was like, yeah, absolutely. Let him keep rolling as long as he can keep rolling. It was great to see. That's a really good one. His his stuff has probably not looked quite that crisp uh, in maybe a couple weeks. But I also want to point out, like, he was facing the A's. But I don't, like, hold that against him. I'm like, if he's as good as as we think he can be, he should be doing that against a team like the A's. So the, the fact that he actually met an expectation uh, seems worth mentioning. I think that's pretty fantastic. That's a really good one. I really like that. What I found interesting was it looks like Lamont Wade's back. Yeah. Uh, I think you pointed out that that injury where he had to come out of the game the other day, maybe that's a sign of something lingering. But in at least against the A's, he looked pretty like a firm base. He looked pretty solid. Um, I liked what I saw. Uh, and so that, that'll be an interesting development because – my goodness, they're going to need him to carry the team. <laughs> He's going to really need that. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, I thought uh, I, I was happy to see Luke Jackson come back. He's uh, mm-hmm. he was good. He was good. You know, when he was with the team, he got injured. There's always, to me, a little bit of that lingering doubt when someone who's coming back from Tommy John when he gets injured. If he comes back, is he going to be the same? Is he going to be, is he going to look good? And he, you know, he made two appearances, pitched two innings. He looked great. Uh, pitched, you know, in two innings, struck out three guys, didn't walk anybody, uh, did exactly what you want to see him do. And uh, it's encouraging, you know, just another weapon in the bullpen. It will really help the Giants because they, you know, with some of the struggles from their starters, you need every, all, everything you can get from the bullpen. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's a good one, too. And if he's going to actually continue the John Brebbia 2.0 thing, then, you know, John Brebbia in his first year with the Giants, you know, coming back from TJ, he was a little shaky. You could see you could see it, but it was still like he had his moments where it wasn't uh, looking so hot. Um, I'm going to say that one other thing I found interesting was uh, Patrick Bailey doesn't seem like he's getting down on himself, even though he's looking pretty overmatched right now. And I don't know. I what I find interesting is he, he's had a pretty rough month of July for sure. But to do a micro sample size in his last 16 plate appearances, Doug, he's got four hits and a walk and just four strikeouts. Uh, it's just a measly, measly 646 OPS. That's like really nothing. But you know, before those four games, he had uh, just six hits in 51 plate appearances and a 343 OPS. So 
there's a micro split that I'm picking on only because one of these guys has to slump and come out of it. I don't know why I'm saying that. That's not <laughs> true. It doesn't have to happen. But I mean, right now, I think I saw some Giants fans saying like, well, maybe he's not Buster Posey. And it's like, you know what? I'm willing to give it a little more time to see how this shakes out. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not close the door yes. on the Buster Posey yes. comparison just yet. If you aim, what is it? If you aim for the moon and you miss, you still land among the stars. So <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's what will happen with Patrick Bailey. But, uh, you know, I think he had a hit against the lefty last night, right? So, or the other night, right? So that's still, that seems to be the part of his game that's actually really struggling now is hitting right-handed, which means the league figured out that he was faking it all this time. <laughs> But I, I'm I'm still somewhat interested by this potential development. Okay, Brian, what's something you found concerning about the Giants this week? <laughs> Only everything. And by that, I mean their entire offense. Doug, since yes. July 1st, the worst offense in the entire sport of Major League Baseball is the San Francisco Giants with a 73 weighted runs created plus. By far the worst. If you want their team wins above replacement... Uh, it is 0.1, technically tied with the Rockies for last place. But if you're technically tied with the Rockies, you might as well not even get out of bed. So they are the worst offense in baseball. They're eight runs against the A's, I guess, notwithstanding. I was a little nervous when I was putting these notes together. I'm like, oh, is that is that outburst going to change things? No, that's how bad they've been. No. They went from a 71 no. to a 73. That's, that's as much as it raised them. So I'm deeply should, concerned. Yeah, just, yeah. Go ahead. You should be. Uh, <laughs> just looking at the, the last week of stats on fan graphs, the Giants have exactly two players with positive offensive value. That's yeah. Jock Peterson and Wilmer Flores. Everyone else, Luis Matos has basically been fine, but still like slightly below average. Everyone else has been bad. Like, and everyone other than Matos has basically been terrible. Uh, if you're just descending weighted runs created plus, you start out with, with the good. So that's Peterson and Flores. They're at 261 and 205. <laughs> Matos is at 94. And then J.D. Davis is in fourth place at 74. Lamont Wade Jr., 46. Patrick Bailey, 22. These numbers are getting way too low, way too fast. We haven't even gotten to the bad half of the offense. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Mike Yastrzemski at uh, 12. Austin Slater <laughs> at 2. <laughs> Brett Wisely, negative 11. Casey Schmidt, negative 17. Blake Sable, negative 28. David VR, negative 60. Michael Conforto, negative 66. Remember, league average is 100. Yes. Well, by <laughs> the way, Austin Slater is two, you said? Two. That yeah, means that, that his home, home run the other night, two. the home run brought him up from negative. <laughs> yes. It brought him up from more than 98% worse than the league average. <laughs> yeah. That is right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You, that's just clearly not a major league offense. No, There's no way around that. Let me put it in um, uh, terms for people who are listening, gritting it out when we're doing like weighted runs created plus. Uh, they have a 344 team slugging percentage. That is last <laughs> in baseball. They have a 204 batting average. That is last in baseball. They have a 284 on base percentage. That is not last in baseball. It's merely next to last in baseball and last in the National League. Uh, they have scored exactly 
66 runs, which is the second lowest in baseball. The Rays have scored just 66, but it's the lowest number in the National League. The Rockies have scored more runs than the Giants. The Pirates have scored more runs. The The Marlins have scored more runs than the Giants this month. The A's have scored more runs. It, it's embarrassing. It's awful. It's just awful. I, I don't I don't like it. I'm very concerned. <laughs> uh, and just, just one more stat over the last week. Uh, Jock Peterson, Wilmer Flores are the only Giants with an on-base percentage of at least 305. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's about 25 points be- below where you're like, okay, you really kind of want your on-base and percentages before you're like not even thinking about it to be like 340, 350. And with like Jock Peterson, his is like closer to 400 most of the time, like uh, usually. And it's like, wow, okay. I do like I do want to point out he has since we negged him started to pick it up a tiny bit, a little bit. That's true. I mean, we're trying to neg the entire team. I don't know if we can do it. I don't know if we're powerful enough. Yeah, I think we got to like like separate them from the herd and you know reverse <laughs> brain or brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug, was there anything you found concerning about the Giants this past week? Beyond that, that's pretty concerning. If you want to sign on to that, that's fine, and we can move on. <laughs> I mean, I, I do co-sign the entire offense. I guess I will also throw out there, uh, Anthony Disclafani, not not good, <laughs> not good. You you triggered my Bill Simmons impression. Are we sure he's a major league player? Are we sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he. It's it's hard to look at him because you know. He start, you know, he was pretty good through the first month, month and a half of the season, started to get some arm fatigue. The team shut him down for a while. And you hope when he comes back, at least for a few starts, he'll be he'll be stronger, he'll look better, he'll be more effective, he'll be like he was back in April. And it has not happened. And it is continuing to not happen. And you know, we're rapidly reaching a point where the team should probably just shut him down. It's not doing anyone any favors for him to go out there and pitch every fifth day. Uh, his arm is just not doing it right now. Maybe they could move him to the bullpen, see if that'll help for the rest of the year. I don't know what the answer is. I know that the answer is not have Anthony DiSclefani start games. Yeah, you just made me think, you know, what's at this point, what value is Jacob Junis providing? And maybe DiSclefani in the bullpen effectively taking his spot, which is would be a massive demotion. He'd be at the back of the bullpen. That still might be worthwhile. I'm not sure. I mean, they're not going to be able to move him. It was interesting that Alex Wood, his name came up um, as like a trade rumor, but he has like an expiring deal. And you could see why a team might, you know, just needing some depth in their pitching might want to take on Alex Wood, especially if maybe the Giants are thinking Kyle Harrison's going to come up later so he could fill that long lefty spot or something. But I don't see that happening with like uh, Anthony DiScalfani. I don't see it for kind of what you said. Giants might actually think he's still a rotation guy, but also he's got a whole other year left on his deal. And I think it's 13 million. So uh, pretty significant that they're not going to be able to like give him away or anything like that. So that's a good one. All that said, you know, like the bullpen's still very strong, but we're getting into that time of the year, you know, the you know dog days and all that stuff where you having basically two starting pitchers, I guess Ross Stripling, maybe we'll save this for Monday. You know, Ross Stripling might be the guy that I said, this is a great signing. I'll never forget. It's like ringing in my ears. 
That really <laughs> Good process. I like how they got here. They don't expect too much of him. Great job. And then it just blew up in your face. Like when Bart jiggled the beer can and turned up the heat and it just blew up in Homer's face as the April Fool's Day's prank. That's what Ross Stripling has been, except for now. But anyway, that gives the Giants maybe three starters. Uh, and so maybe Di Scalfani kind of faltering doesn't quite hurt them. But it's like at this point, they really need a starter because you can't bank on him bouncing back. Uh, you really think it's bad enough that they might shut him down. I think that's that's concerning. I, I mean, the, really the bullpen might be more likely as a first step, but mm. if that fails, I mean, they have to consider it. He's he's not giving them anything on the mound. That's no. you know, uh, that's not an indictment of his character or anything. It's just how it's happening. He, I, you know, I've liked Discofani. Yeah, I, I think he's been a pretty sol- he was a pretty solid addition, and you'd like to think he could figure it out. All right, let's talk about this Red Sox series that's coming up. Um, when the off season was going on and the giants were, you know, going through whatever they were going through, but also adding guys, the Red Sox, it would, I, I think I still am glad I'm a giants fan and not a Red Sox fan, especially because of this off season, because some sort of like Bane capital shits going on there where they're just trying to like purge as much of the Red Sox long-term commitments as they can and try to just like manage by a model instead of talent, kind of like how the Giants are doing. Uh, but they took a lot of hits in the offseason, you know, letting Xander Bogarts walk, not really making any big swings or big offers for some of the top free agents. And yet there they are being a pretty solid team. They have scored the fifth most runs in baseball, 516 runs. Um, they're, they're, 55 and 46, I believe, uh, 55 and 47. It's a very competitive division that they're in. So that doesn't like help them all that much. They're just in fourth place, but right now they're ahead of the Yankees uh, in the division. And, you know, they're a one and a half games out of the wild card. So they're a very good team. I think it's in my mind. I'm, I'm not, um, this isn't like when uh, they faced off in 2019. Remember when the Giants went there and it was kind of like, how are the Giants taking it to the Red Sox? How far have the Red Sox fallen? Are they that wowed <laughs> by Mike Yastrzemski? And it turns out they were. Uh, and the Giants had a chance to sweep that series, I think. I vaguely remember. But this time, I think we have to think about it more like they're a lot closer to the David Ortiz days when they just come in and knock the Giants around. I think that possibility exists. Their lineup is so good. Uh, they have a uh, Japanese player that they signed, Masataka Yoshida. He's really great. He's, you know, had more power than they, they thought he would have when everyone was talking about uh, him coming over. Rafael Devers was the guy that they did extend. It was between he and Bogarts. They let Bogarts walk. They kept Devers. Uh, Christian Arroyo, Doug, old friend alert. <laughs> old friend <laughs> alert. Is the starting second baseman somehow still of the, of the Boston Red Sox, despite having a 74 OPS plus. I switched over from weighted runs created plus. I apologize. Uh, and then Adam Duvall, also on the team, subject of trade rumors. But I would imagine at this point, given where the Red Sox are, that they're not they're not purging anybody. They're going to probably add and to try to compete. But anything that stood out to you about the uh, Red Sox? Um, just just a name, one name that has haunted me since 2014, 2015. I can't even remember. And that's Justin Turner. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I've um, cleared the lane. Apparently good again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is bullshit. I don't want Justin Turner to be good. 
Oh, you know just, what? He was never not good. He was just he's just a little bit worse than he was in his best years with the Dodgers. He's always just been good. He's just consistently good. Uh it's a, it's so annoying. He's Why? having his best season since 2020. So if you knock, yeah. you know, a 123 OPS plus, it's not right, it's not fair. I don't like it. I don't I don't appreciate yeah. it one bit. Um that is the most concerning part of this entire series. They traded Kike Hernandez to the Dodgers. Kike Hernandez has had the last five years of his career are a miserable mess. So there's that, but also like good. I'm glad I don't have to see him again against the Giants right now. Anyway, sure. They'll see him when they face the Dodgers, but between Duvall being there and Arroyo, that was enough. And then we've got Justin Turner who who was my guy that I hated more than Muncie for a long time. Yeah. And I, mean, I thought it, it was defensible. I mean, I didn't agree, but like I understood where you were coming from. <laughs> it was a real like Voltaire situation. I may disagree with what you say. I will defend it to death. You're right to say it. <laughs> so that's something to look out for. They also have Kenley Jansen as their closer. Uh, still <laughs> that guy's still pitching. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. But but, you know, I want to see what happens with Michael Conforto and Jack Peterson facing these guys. I want to see, you know, John, Michael Conforto, he's got to, again, show us, is he still alive? We don't know. So, so you know, <laughs> he's once again. claim he is. We haven't seen the proof. Yes. Yeah. We need, we need some evidence here, Michael. That would yeah. be great. So I was kind of going to save this for our next episode, but I, I think it's worth – also just mentioning that this three-game series against the Red Sox leads into a four-game series with the Diamondbacks. But basically starting now, starting today through August, is a, a tempest. It is a crucible. It is absolutely the most painful stretch of the season that the Giants are about to enter. And, you know, the September looks pretty freaking tough too because they're playing a lot of the division. They're playing mostly the, the division and the team that they're not. Uh, are the Cubs and the Guardians, two tough teams. And, you know, but this month that's coming up, August, from the Red Sox, then the Diamondbacks, you get the A's, but it's in Oakland. Then you get Shohei Otani and the Angels, Rangers, Rays, Braves, Phillies, Braves, Reds, and then you go right into a Padres series. That is brutal. So this is the season, I think, coming up right here. Yeah, it's... uh it's going to be an intense stretch and the giants need to get it together. Like the offense just has to get it together or else the season's going to be lost. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. We've been skipping this. Let's make uh, I guess a bold prediction. Let's just make a random prediction about the series, not about how it's going to go, but something you think is going to happen in it. A good thing. Don't uh, be like J Justin Turner is going to get three hits every game. Don't we don't we know that we don't need to predict <laughs> that. Just don't it's something positive that's going to happen for the Giants. Kenley Jansen will blow a save. Yes, that's great. Um, yeah. Logan Webb is going to pitch seven strong innings, and I have a sub one. I think I'm so I'm so amped. Doug Luciano's going to hit a home run. I don't know how he's going to do it. Okay. Okay. I don't know when. Okay. I just it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen this weekend. <laughs> he was so close. He was so close. Oh, it was so exciting. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Are you gonna write about the Giants at all this week, Doug? Are you still doing that? Uh occasionally, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I I have a Substack, if you don't know. Uh it's at giantsdoug.substack.com, where I write about the Giants twice a week uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
and come check it out. And then uh, my numbers will go up and I will get a hit of dopamine. He also Brian, did write you... about Marco. Yeah. Yes, but you wrote about Marco Luciano on Thursday. So you should read a, read about that. I also liked your headline from the other day. The rookies have been playing like shit. So <laughs> read about that and uh, and check out there. I'm on McCoveyChronicles.com. I'm posting multiple times a week. A lot of series recaps. I've lost the whimsy. i got to find the whimsy again. But uh, we're on Fans First Sports Network. Don't forget, check out their website, fansfirstsports.com. Uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance or right there in the Spotify app. We'll be back on Monday with an all-new episode. And until then, go Giants! Go Giants!